We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? Very well, Nick. Excited to get stuck into this breakdown. Yeah, I mean, we got the Nets schedule. It feels like the season is that much closer. We're going to jump to that. But quick reminder, you can find the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Subscribe, review, share, whatever it is. Follow us on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But Jack, where do you want to start with the schedule? I wanted to ask you, Nick, what sticks out with the schedule? Is it the back-to-backs, nationally televised games? Is it opening night? Are there key dates? What for you overall when you saw this drop and you saw people analyzing it? What is it for you? Is it about Kevin Durant's return, Kyrie Irving coming back, us going to different places in Phoenix? Like, What sticks out to you about this schedule, if anything? Yeah, I think I didn't really care as much about oh, the Kyrie or KD return, but definitely looking at like the back-to-backs. Um, you know, 14 back-to-backs across nine different cities. And you and I were talking about it. A lot of those back-to-backs include at least one game against a really good team. You know, you wish that you had some back-to-backs against, you know, like the Spurs and the Hornets or something like that. And that doesn't really happen until towards the end of the season. So there's definitely some really tough stretches in there as well, where it's going to be hard for the Nets to find a win. And that's, what's going to be really interesting because obviously going to the season, there's expectations for every team and, you know, teams are going to deal with injuries. You know, you don't know what superstar is going to be out for X, Y, and Z. And also, you know, what Nets players is Nets players are going to get banged up. You know, it's not a guarantee. Everyone will be healthy all year long. You know, guys will sprain ankles, you know, bruises, whatever it is. So I feel like that's, it's always fun to analyze, but then it's always kind of fun to look back and be like, you know what, there, there could be a lot of changes on, this team or that team by the time they actually play. Yeah. Sometimes games are just games, you know, who knows who could be resting those nights. I I think it's unlikely that the nets will be doing any of the, the sort of schedule resting or or load management or any of that sort of thing, given, you know, Mikael Bridges history and and those sort of guys. But, you know, I I think it is, uh, I was listening to the general NBA breakdowns from, I think Evan Wash who talked about the schedule and trying to limit the nature of back-to-backs in terms of going across time zones and, and the likes of that. But I think the nature of the Nets back-to-backs is is, is a tricky one. Yeah. You know, and, and are those just sort of scheduled losses where you sort of go, look, maybe we put Mikael Bridges out there for a little bit, but if we go down by big in the first half, we just you know, put putt this one in and head back home or head back to the East Coast. So I think it's, 
it's gonna be interesting how it does pan out but i i think right now it's just taking each game as it sort of comes in the sort of simplistic you know mentality of, of one game at a time but you yeah. have 14 back-to-backs i think the most that any team has is 15 i think the least any team has is 13 so the nets are right in the middle of that sort of thing so i, I think it seems like an inflated number at first but a lot of other teams are, are in a similar boat but maybe the nature of our back-to-backs is a little bit trickier than some opposing teams and maybe that affects the win-loss record in a certain regard as well maybe that affects the nets you know from being you know a six seed instead of a seven seed or, or making the play or not making the play so each game will matter for for this net squad in terms of you know getting the right habits in and, and getting the w's on the board so those nine games are, and the, the back-to-backs that we're alluding to are, are going to be important we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I think even early in the season, you know, it's there's a lot of tough matchups to start the year and even a tough stretch they have to deal with. And that's where it's like, wow, you know, you'll I don't want to say you'll get an idea about this team, but if they start well, it'll say a lot about them given some of their opponents. For sure. And look, I had this at the bottom of the doc, Nick, but I think you bring it up and I think it's probably a pertinent point to bring it up right now. Let's dive into the first 10 games of the season and you give me what you think the Nets record will be after the, those 10 games. So they've got the Cavs, they've got the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Dallas Mavericks, the Charlotte Hornets, the Miami Heat, the Chicago Bulls, the Boston Celtics, the My, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Boston Celtics, and the Wizards. We can go like one game at a time if you want to go yeah. maybe win, loss, maybe sort of roll the dice. Let's start with the Cavs. Is that a win? Is that a loss? Is that a maybe? 
You know, it's probably a little bit more than a maybe in terms of a win, just because it's the home opener. And I think the Nets are a team that can match up with the Cavs pretty well. You know, I think it's not like the Cavs are that much more talented than them. Obviously, they do have some star players, but it feels like the Nets will at least have a chance to protect their home court, come out with good energy. You know, this first first home game for this new Nets team. You know, you'd like to see Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Nick Laxon really, you know, take over and have a strong performance to start the year. So I feel pretty good about that. You know, probably I'll give that a 65% chance at a win. Yeah, let's get, let's let's add it to, to the win-loss record for now. We'll, we'll count it as a win. Uh, what about the Dallas Mavericks? How are you feeling about that one? Yeah, I think that's a win for Dallas. You know, that's their home opener. Uh, the Nets have lost to Dallas, it feels like, a lot early in the season. You know, Luke is just a tough matchup for anybody. He'll probably be pretty well rested. And, you know, Kyrie Irving will look back to, you know, get at the Nets. So I think that's a win for Dallas. What about you? I would probably say the same. I think that there is a chance that the, the Nets, you know, could pounce and get a win there because I think the Mikael Bridges, I think the defense could limit a, a high offensive team a highly offensive predominant team. It's a healthy like Ben a, a, would make a big difference in a game like that just because of another body to throw at Luca with some physicality. Yeah, for sure. It's it's going to be contrasting identities in that matchup. It'll be, you know, all offense versus all defense or largely defense when it comes to the Nets. And we'll see who comes out. But yeah, I'd be leaning towards Dallas. You know, if it was at home, you know, maybe we'd be going 50-50, 40-60 for the Nets. But I think it's it's highly likely that the Mavs get that one. So the Nets are one and one so far, Nick. But we're heading three days later to Charlotte Hornets, heading to Charlotte. That is a way... But do you still count that as a W? Yeah, I think that's a W. I think you feel good about the Nets defense traveling and, you know, a young team like Charlotte trying to get some new pieces to work. And I think the Nets will understand that they have to win matchups like this if they want to make the playoffs. You know, this is a team they need to be if they want to be in the playoff picture at the end of the season because there's other nights where they're just not going to have enough talent to match up or enough offensive firepower. But it feels like their defense could frustrate Charlotte in an early matchup like that. Yeah, no doubt. Let's move on to the Miami Heat. I think that's... Despite the Nets playing well against the Miami in the regular season, you know, obviously Damian Lillard is still very much up in the air and whether that trade gets done by November when that game will be occurring, I'd still lean towards Miami because it is in Miami. Yeah, I think you lean towards Miami in this one, but I think the Nets will have a shot to win. It's not, you know, like expect them to get blown out or anything like that. I think it'll be a competitive game. And, you know, in the past couple of seasons, it feel like it feels like Miami has had some slow starts. Yes, in regular season, sort of, you know, they're trying to figure out their habits. They're experimenting with things offensively. And, and they'll rest guys early. Like, that's a team that would, you know, Jimmy's knees feeling a little weird. You know, we're going to give him an early night off. Yep. Two and two so far. The record, not too bad. The Nets, a couple of days later, around my birthday, Nick, they're heading to Chicago, in Chicago against those Bulls. Do they win? Do they lose? Is it a 50-50 proposition? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you're Chicago, you're saying that, you know, you, we need to win this game. We want to make the playoffs, but I feel like the Nets should be able to win this one. So let's go three and two. Three and two. Now, this is where it gets tricky. The It's going to be Celtics, Bucks, and Clippers as you so Sorry, Celtics, Bucks, Clippers, and, and Nets and Celtics again. Like, it's it's tricky, Nick. It's It's tricky. Yeah, I mean, I think you're hoping you can pull out one of these games. You know, it's going to be tough to beat Milwaukee. I think they're looking to really bounce back. Giannis will be fresh and ready to go. You know, you're hoping you can probably win one of those Boston matchups. You know, Boston probably trying to get some new pieces in there with Chris Apps, Porzingis, Marcus Smart out. Maybe you can steal one of those games. And I feel like, you know, weirdly enough, the Nets will have a pretty good shot against the Clippers. So, I, you know, give me two and two in this stretch. Maybe something a little spicy. 
There we go. Well, in, in three of those games, we'll be at home, three of those four yeah. games. And and rounding it out with the Wizards and Magic, um, sorry, the uh, the Wizards to finish off that sort of 10-game stand, you, you'd probably give them that one as well, Nick. Yeah, I think you could look at the Nets in this scenario going anywhere from six and four to four and six. You know, I think that's the most realistic range of wins and losses for this team, given the the early matchups. Yeah, look, if they're 500 at that part of the season, it gives you a foundation to sort of go, all right, we've got some... And look, there's going to be some teething issues in terms of, you know, things going on with defense, offense. Is Ben back? What's the rotation looking like? Who's playing the sort of... Who's generating the offense? Is, is it Cam? Is it Lonnie with that sort of second unit? There'll be some... Certainly some teething issues, but there'll be teething issues for all teams. You know, when you're going up against the Boston Celtics, Chris Haps-Pozingis is going to have a, a pretty heavy injury, but you've got the reliability of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, especially after Jalen Brown signing that long-term deal. So I'd be happy with a, a 500 start, Nick. What about you? Yeah, five and five would be good. You know, I think the Clippers game is an interesting one because we just kind of don't know what's up with the Clippers. You know, will they be good? You know, will Kawhi and Paul George be healthy? You know, obviously it'll be early in the season, but you never know with those two. So I think that's what's really interesting. Milwaukee's the one that you feel like is definitely a loss. And then you feel like Boston's winning at least one of those games potentially too. Yeah, I don't think, look, there, there could be a, a, a scenario where you sort of go, look, Mikael Bridges outplays Jason Tatum, you know, and Nick Claxton outplays Robert Williams. And then it's going to be up to the collective to make up for the lack of that sort of second start to be, you know, you sort of Jalen Brown as a Cam Johnson goes off, the Nets get hot from three, all those different sort of things as the defense locked in. We'll, we'll see how it does pan out, Nick, but five and five, I'll be happy with that. Nick, where should we go next when it comes to this schedule? Should we go with the, the national TV games the Nets have this season? Yeah, let's do it. You know, I think obviously that's a pretty drastic drop given what we were used to the last couple of years. Yeah, 11 this year, obviously six of those NBA TV. So five, basically. Yeah. And I think it was 26 last year. So obviously a drastic job. You don't have Katie, you don't have Kyrie. Obviously, there's certain games that can get flexed on or off. I doubt you know, the Nets get flexed on to certain games because they just don't have... Unless Mikael Bridges turns into you know this real darling, he's building up certainly a, a following through Team USA as well and, and getting his name known. But... A yeah, good it's... playoff race too. You know, there's some matchups at the end of the season that kind of dictate, you know, who's going to be in the plan or a playoff seating. You know, I think those will be potentially get flexed, especially if, you know, one of the star teams has, you know, an injury bug. Yeah, and we obviously, as general Nets fans, love the recognition when it's on a, a wider scale, but it also is going to be good to to watch Yes Network for, for extended yeah, periods and be blessed. able to... Yeah, we have maybe the best, if not one of the top two or three you know, commentary teams going around. So I'm going to be pretty happy watching any Nets game, whoever's commentating it. But yeah, ESPN, TNT, five games, it might be a little too not enough. But yeah, it, it, I, I just think it's it's not the biggest deal in the world either. Yeah, I agree. You know, obviously, given it's a transition type of year for the Nets, it's not like you expected them to have, you know, 10 or 20. Maybe next year we could see that number double up. Are there any specific matchups for you, Nick, that sort of stick out in terms of you know, Kevin Durant coming back in on July, on January 31, Kyrie Irving coming back on February 6, Joe Harris's return, or Mikhail mm. and Cam Johnson, you know, going to to Phoenix in December? Or is it, you know, Mikhail Bridges playing his 400th straight game as long as he's healthy on, on November 8th? I think that'd be a, a pretty fun game. They've got a, a home. MLK Day uh, game versus the Heat as well. Uh, or is it, you know, do we discuss the in-season tournament? Are those games ones that you're going to be looking for? 
Yeah, you know, I think uh, Mikel's record or, you know, potential streak is going to be pretty cool to see. Um, again, I, the in-season tournament will be kind of fun for the Nets because they're obviously not going to contend for a championship this year. So it'd be fun if they could win something like that. And I think you always kind of look out with some of like the rivals, you know, the Knicks. It feels like Cleveland and the Nets have played some scrappy games over the course of the last couple seasons. And, you know, the Nets and Miami played a couple really good games last year. And those could be potentially teams that you're fighting for with a playoff seed or going to see in the first round of the playoffs. So I think any of those matchups, I'm more interested in, you know, the competitive games and how the Nets, you know, match up with some of the teams they could face or, you know, or if they can even get in the playoffs. So I'm I'm more worried about you know, the competitive stuff rather than, you know, who's returning here or playing their X team or whatever it is. Yeah, and it'd also be remiss of me not to mention that the, the Nets will be versing the Cavs in Paris, Nick, yeah. for, for the, the NBA international game. We've got a uh, great fans internationally, you know, in London. That's where we begun this podcast. I was living yep. in London, and I'd be heading to Paris to, to watch that game, no doubt. Obviously, the tickets certainly do look pretty expensive, but that's going to be a pretty fun matchup. It, it seems a little bit weird that they wouldn't uh, schedule San Antonio over there, but nonetheless, the Nets are going to be on the international stage against the Cleveland Cavaliers on January 18. You mentioned the Knicks, you know, they've got to match up with them at home on December 20, uh, as well as on uh, January 23. So the Knicks and Nets matchups are always fun. Twitter's always, you know, there's plenty of takes there. It's always really fun to to watch those ones. So yeah, I think you know the the Knicks games are ones that I'm always looking forward to. And you know the the, the ones that maybe go under the radar. We'll get to the in season tournament uh, to in a little bit is the games that you alluded to, you know, against the likes of the Raptors, the Hawks, the Bulls, the Pacers, these sort of teams where those wins are going to matter even more if the Nets are going to be wanting to fight for to solidify a playoff spot, um, you know, hopefully even at the very least a play-in spot. Yeah, I mean, even if they're fighting for a playoff seed, you look at that last matchup against the Knicks on April 12th, you know, if they're neck and neck in the standings, that'd be a pretty fun matchup. You know, obviously the Knicks were more successful last year and, you know, or even the potential, like you said, the Raptors on April 10th, you know, who knows what's going to go on with that team. If they're going to, you know, trade off Pascal Siakam by that time, or if they're still kind of in a contention for the playoffs. Yeah, it all remains to be seen, but it, uh, Nick, we'll get to the in-season tournament a little bit and, the games that will be part of the the Nets and the end season tournament for them will be at Chicago, a game that we uh, alluded to in the first of the 10 games. So it's on uh, November 3rd, Friday, November 3rd. You guys write the date, stupid. And, uh, I wish you wrote day then month, but uh, that's a discussion for another day. The week after they've got Boston, which will be a nationally televised game. Four days later, November 14, against Orlando. And then two weeks later, against the Toronto Raptors. There's a chance the Nets could go three and one. And, you know, maybe we do get to see some silverware or some uh, a trophy in Brooklyn, Nick. Yeah, you know, I think it's, you know, possible, obviously, then, you know, they'll they'll be like, you know, whoever's won their their groups and move on to the next round and see how it all kind of plays out. But it'll be kind of also good experience in a somewhat pressure situation. Obviously, Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridge is getting more experience with, you know, the, the, the tournament going on now, but adding any level of extra reps for such a young team is huge. Absolutely. And yeah, look, I think for all maybe guys like us, we're not, you know, Denver Nuggets fans, we're not Miami Heat fans, Milwaukee Bucks fans, and we're not going to be fighting for the championship like we have been in seasons past. Maybe these games do matter a little bit more. Maybe there is a little bit extra spice. Maybe the Nets do upset the Boston Celtics. Maybe that is a game where you see 
you know, the Nets, the Nets step up to to the stage a little bit, where they're on one of their five nationally televised games that are on ESPN or TNT. So it could be interesting to see how that all goes, Nick. But yeah, there's plenty of ramifications for what's happening with the schedule. You know, nationally televised games, different little stretches here and there. Was there anything else you wanted to to pick out? There's a, a little. Uh, a bump of a schedule around December that I wouldn't mind discussing before we end this one, but anything other that sticks out to you? Yeah, I think that December stretch you're talking about on the road is pretty, pretty tough. I don't know if the Nets will even grab a win. That's how tough of stretch that is. Let's go through it. Monday, December 11 against the Kings. Wednesday, December 13 against the Suns. Thursday, December 14 against the Nuggets. And then finishing on Saturday, December seven, uh, 16 sorry, against the Golden State Warriors. The, and uh, then the Jazz after that. And the Jazz aren't bad, especially after you've been on the road for four games. Absolutely not. So that's not going to be the funnest stretch in the world, Nick. I'd be happy with one win. Uh, the Net, If the Nets win... Any of those games, they will be upset wins. But man, that is a tough sort of five-day sort of stretch for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, if you had to pick a game, let's exclude Utah, you know, Sacramento, Phoenix, Denver, Golden State, which one do you think the Nets have the best chance at winning? I think I'd go the Kings just because I think that they would match up better. But, you know, the Nets also last year nearly beat the the Denver Nuggets too. So they did. I think it could... They beat the Denver Nuggets last year. No, th- there we go. So maybe let we beat the, the defending champs, Nick. Yeah, I actually, I like the matchup against Golden State, especially with the personnel the Nets have to kind of chase around Steph and Clay, And obviously, they're kind of going through a weird season. And the only reason that I get nervous about Sacramento is because they just cooked the Nets in Sacramento last year. I think that was a game when Kevin Durant was still on the team. They lost by the end of the second quarter. Yeah, and there's the James Harden game against Sacramento that sticks yeah. out too. So there's Some not great memories, memories. <laughs> other than the D'Lo, Rondo Hollis, Jefferson. Yep. That was one of the best pods we've ever done. But any final thoughts, Nick, before we get back to the f- in our future episodes to the Bears Report series and maybe even some preview episodes for the upcoming 23-24 season? Yeah, you know, I think uh, just like I mentioned to start the show, the schedule being out kind of makes it feel real. You know, the season is right around the corner. And like you mentioned, finish our Ben Simmons series, jump into previews. And next thing you know, it's preseason, regular season, and we're doing recaps. It's basketball, baby. 100%. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks for everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.